online Crossroads fam. Welcome or welcome back to the Crossroads podcast. Uh, if you're not a member, please go ahead and subscribe to it or click on it or however you do that through uh, your your uh, podcast, what you listen to podcasts through. Uh, we'd love for you to just be a part of the Crossroads family and get some notifications of when we have new things updated uh, or uploaded. Uh, as you can already tell, it's been one of those I would say weeks. This week has been crazy. Uh, sometimes, you know, you try to trim your beard and you cut a gap in it and you just got to shave after 12 years. So um, feeling kind of, it's it's been one of those weeks. But anyway, uh, we are starting a new series for the school year. Uh, we're a couple of weeks into the school year and it is time for us to start a new series. What if instead of going along with the world, you chose to turn the world upside down by the way you act? Uh, not in a bad way, but when you lean towards Christ, the rest of the world doesn't understand it. This this uh, stems from a message I heard from Ed Newton. So uh, we're glad that you're part of the podcast. And as always, welcome to Crossroads. Thank you for being here. Uh, I know it's the beginning of the new school year and a lot of churches got a lot of stuff going on. And you're stuck with a boring youth pastor. So thank you for being here. Uh, excited about where God's leading us on this. And I've just, there's so many thoughts going through my mind. I've got six million things bouncing around in the empty space because there's no brain in there. But what I want to hear from you is, what is it that makes you different other than your name? What makes you different? This is where you help me speak the message tonight. You're going to give in some answers. So what makes you different? Yes. Your interest. your interest. What's your interest? What's the number one thing you're interested in? Don't just say me. It's you, Kenny. I'm interested in how you're still alive. I understand. My wife is the same way. I'll get back to you on that. It's okay. I didn't know there was going to be 30 different questions. What were you saying, Jeep, buddy? I'm glad you said it. <laughs> Mason, everybody listen. Uh, mentality. Mentality? Bro. The way you treat other people? Isaac? Music taste. Music taste. Uh, that's a big, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Your abilities? Yes, ma'am. I handle those different situations. Okay. Talents? Love these answers. Love them. Love them. There are so many things that makes us different, but... What I want to do real quick is we're going to look at one, two, three, five, six, maybe six different people that all share something in common. And I'm going to mention their name and you're going to give me a brief history of that person. So we'll start out with Joan of Arc. No. <laughs> That's Jonah and the Ark. And he got spit out of the well into a boat. <laughs> I wish you could see how red his face is. Internet world, his face is red. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, hey, that's okay. Hey, just to make you feel better, I got asked a question one time. They said, Kenny, what do you think about euthanasia? And I said, I think youth should be able to live anywhere. <laughs> so it happens to all of us. Somebody tell me something about Joan of Arc. Okay, we know that she's not in the Bible. She had an ark. She built a boat. She was ferocious. She was French. We. Oui. <laughs> it's French. Anyone? So Joan of Arc, uh, I'll give you a little bit. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, bro. 
Okay. Yeah. A lot of Cajuns, French Cajuns. Yeah. So, uh, Joan of Arc, just a little brief history. Uh, she was a French lady and she had visions from God. And she was told by her visions that she was supposed to go help the French fight the English and try to gain their freedom from England. And so she was involved with that, and she would go to the French commanders and say, I'm supposed to be helping you. Now, this was a time when women didn't get involved in war and politics and any of that stuff. And so they would just look at her and go, you're just a kid. She was 16 or 17 years old. She was 15 years old when she started this crusade of trying to become part of the military. And they wouldn't let her have any part of it. Finally, there was one commander that said, okay, come on. And he dressed her up like a guy and took her into battle with him. And so while she was in the first battle, she got wounded, but then she went and got treated and went right back to the front and kept fighting. And then you find out later on, as she continues her crusade, she gets uh, caught by the English. And in 1431, she was convicted of um, witchcraft. She was convicted of heresy. And she was convicted of dressing like a man. And for that, she was burned at the stake. Oh, my gosh. That just reminded me of a story I read. I'll have to share that sometime. I'll never remember that. Somebody tell me about William Wallace. I had a former student who was a great relative. I don't know if they were great. They might have been just really good. But William Wallace is in her bloodline, that family. So, anyway. William Wallace, anyone? Scottish. It's not really Mel Gibson. I ain't Tal over there. Tal's dropping it like, what? I got you, Kenny. What history? That's it. That's what I'm talking about. He carried, a, he carried quite the sword. He was Scottish. And anyone else? Anybody? William Wallace, anyone? He looks a lot like Mel Gibson. Painted his face blue. Scream, you'll never take our freedom. So anyway... William Wallace was one of Scotland's greatest national heroes. He led a Scottish resistance against England. England is just bad. So he led a Scottish resistance against England to try to gain freedom from English control. Uh, he was convicted of being a, a traitor to the King of England in 1305, and he died quite the death. He was hanged, which has always been funny to me. I would think he would say he was hung, but he's, he's hanged. That's what it said here. Uh, he was hanged. Of course, I typed it, so I could have typed that wrong. Okay. So he was hanged. He was disemboweled. It's like when you feel dressed deer. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so he was disemboweled. He was hanged. He was disemboweled. Um, he was beheaded. And then he was quartered. You're laughing about him being quartered. Yeah, I was like, how dead can you make somebody? We'll cut his head off. No, let's cut him into four pieces. Cut, 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 cut. I would think, yeah, after the first little bit, you know, what, what's that? Yeah, anyway. Okay, here we go. Someone else. Everybody listening. Desmond Doss. Soon as soon as I start giving, you're going to know that. Yes, Isaac. Yes. Yes. It was a conscientious objector. Keep going, keep going. Everybody listening. Wrong, 75. You were way off. 
So, during World War II, uh, this guy, he was a conscientious objector to the war, but he wanted to serve his country. So he said, I'm going to be a medic for uh, the army. And so he's in World War II. While they're all going in to fight with guns, he says, I will not carry a gun. He gets berated. He gets beat up. He gets sworn at. He almost gets court-martialed from the army. And finally, one of the generals steps in and says, hey, do what you like. Probably didn't say it that way. But he goes into battle. If you've ever seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge, it's, built, uh, it's based on the true life story of this guy. And it shows him that while everyone else is coming back and getting bandaged up, he's climbing up the side of Hacksaw Ridge to go get more people. The next morning after the first big battle skirmish that happens, when uh, the, the commanding officer comes in the first morning, after he had taken a little nap, he came in and there were bodies everywhere. And he said, where did all these men came from, come from? And they said, Jawswing got them. And so this guy was a conscious objector to the war, but he fought for his country and did that. And just an amazing man. Uh, here's one, Jack Roosevelt Robinson. Exactly. Jackie Robinson. Now does anybody know? He's number 42. He was considered to be the first black uh, professional baseball player However, that was in uh, 1947. Now, that's in the modern era. And you got to understand, this is still a time when segregation was part of this world. And blacks were not considered equal to whites. Uh, you know, I hear people talk about racism today, and racism is true. It happens today. But you look back at what history was, and racism was a completely different thing back then. Uh, and it breaks my heart. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. We'll talk about that at some point. But he was considered to be the first one. But the actual first uh, modern or the first baseball player that was African American was a guy named Moses Walker in 1884. 1884, playing professional baseball in a league where he was not accepted by anyone. He was a catcher for the Indians, which now is offensive because you can't call them Indians because people are offended. I don't know. All right. Maybe some of you will know this one. Rosa Parks. Alabama. Alabama. Roll Tide. She played for... Uh, <laughs> she was starting tailback for Bear Bryant. Right. What? Yes. She would not give up her seat. Now, uh, I was reading some about her, and, of course, we studied her, and when I was in school, um, I was not old enough to be on the bus with her, Tal contrary to what you might believe. But she is a public figure that is known for her stance against what racism was and what racism even is today. She is still, her testimony is still used to this day. And she was on a bus in Montgomery and there was a section for only white people and there was a section for the black people. And so when the white section got full, there was a man that walked up to her and says, you've got to give me your seat. And she says, no. She was in her section. She said, I will not give up my seat. And that spurred a lot of boycotts that went on. If you've never been to the Civil Rights Museum in Birmingham, you need to go. It is unbelievable. Uh, but Rosa Parks is one of these people that we're going to be talking about just for a second. All right, this one's probably one that most of you will know. Katniss Everdeen. Don't make me whistle. I can't whistle that song. Anyway. Y'all know Katniss, right? She's from District 12, a coal mining group. And when it came time for the Hunger Games, her sister was selected. She says, oh, no, I'm going to get up in there. And so she took her sister's place. Now, all of these people, one of them fictional, but all of the rest of them, they have something in common other than the fact that they're from history. They were considered to be people that went against the grain. They were considered to be people that just didn't do what everyone else did. They stood firm for what they believed in, even if it cost them everything. 
So those people would be considered a rebel. So I ask you, when I say the word rebel, what do you think of? And I've got to get rid of this ink pen because I'm going to throw it in a second. The word rebel, what comes to mind? I, I just heard stuff. What did you say? Spray paint. Spray paint. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I'm about to say, we got one here. Thorsby. It's the first thing that comes to mind. Somebody over here said something. Defiance. Anybody think Ole Miss? James Dean, Billy Idol, Rebel Yell. Y'all don't know. <laughs> Slamming bills. Anyway, um, there's a, a lot of things about Rebel that comes to mind, but uh, some of you it might be Star Wars. Yeah. A Rebel is a person who rises in opposition or armed resistance against an established government or ruler. A rebel's one that doesn't just go with the flow because everyone else does. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Before we get too far into this, I want to go ahead and tell you what's coming up in September. Uh, back last year, God laid something on my heart about uh, a, a series that I'm wanting to do. And I, I probably have not been more excited about this future series that's coming up. Our series this month is, I'm, I'm very excited about it, but the month of September is going to be something that's never been done at Crossroads. There's probably not many churches that do it either, and it's not to make us specialists because God's laid this on my heart. We're going to have a series called She Says, and for four weeks, you're going to have women that are going to come up here and they're going to lead uh, the Wednesday night midweek study, and I'm Extremely excited. I've got three of the four nailed down. They're not nailed down because that's cruel and unhuman. So, uh, but we're going to have four different ladies that will be coming up and speaking to you in the month of September. Very excited about this. So make sure you go ahead and get your month squared away. Guys, you're still welcome to be a part of this. They're not going to talk about makeup because women talk about more than that. They're going to talk about what God's done in their lives. Very excited about that. So anyway, Romans, what did you say? You had your hand up. You didn't say anything. Romans chapter 12. Starting at verse 1, God's Word says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing in perfect will. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. Lord, these ancient truths that have been preserved for us for thousands of years. So on a night like tonight, we might read these verses that speak to us. Not to be conformed by the ways of the world, but to be transformed. Father, transformation doesn't happen just because it's an idea. There is something that has to take place. And Father, as we're looking this month at what it means to be a rebel, I pray that we realize that part of being a follower of Christ is going to be seen as being rebellious to what the world is. But God, you've not called us to be like everyone else. You say that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
set apart. You call us your own. You say that we are your loved. God, that should make us appreciate what you are in our lives. It should make us become different, not better, not better than anyone else, but different. Father, that difference is you living in us. But Father, that transformation can't happen as long as we're holding on to the world. Lord, help us to be willing to let go so we can let you do what only you can do. Amen. So the, uh, the whole thought behind this came from a message I heard, of course, from Ed Newton. I tell you a lot of stuff about Ed Newton because he's one of my favorite pastors. I love listening to him. And as I was listening to him, um, it just it really sparked an interest. And the whole thought of being a rebel. There are things that makes us all different. And one of the questions, I'm, I'm different, of course, I'm different. Uh, as a kid in the 70s, there weren't a whole lot of redheaded people. I don't know why. But yeah, I don't know. But in the 70s, when I was going to school at Jemison, um, there was three redheads, I think, and one of them was me and one of them was my sister. So obviously, I was different from everyone else, and I hated it because I wanted to be just like everyone else. I wanted to fit in just like everyone else did. I wanted to be able to go out in the sunlight, not burst into flames. I wanted to not have freckles everywhere, and the older ladies would be as sweet as they could be, and they go, oh, that's just angel kisses. No, it's freckles. I look like a freak, you know? Um, but then at some point, I got to where it didn't bother me as much. It just didn't bother me as much. Um, I was always round. <laughs> I wanted to be like everyone else. I love the thought of being able to bend over and tie my shoes without passing out. <laughs> to this day, I'm like, that would be awesome. Barrett, come tie my shoes. Uh, I would love, you know, just to be like everyone else. I always wanted that. But then at some point, I got to where I became okay with who I was. And I started appreciating the fact that I was different. And I started wanting to do different things. That Honestly, that's why I'm a Tennessee football fan. I don't care anything about that. I don't make one dime off of anybody that plays football. University of Tennessee, ain't no university done nothing for me. I don't care. It don't bother me how bad Tennessee gets their eyes beat in every week. It's okay. But I liked it because everybody else was for Alabama or Auburn, and I just didn't want to be like everybody else. I listened to rap music because everybody else listened to I don't like country to this day. I wanted to be different. When I got my Jeep, the first Jeep I had, there weren't a lot of Jeeps around. I like being different. Now we got a lot of Jeeps, but I got a weird orange Jeep. So it's different for a little while longer. Now Barrett's like, I want it, Dad. I was like, shut up, son. Then I shot him in the face. Totally kidding. Being different is not a bad thing. And what God has called us to do is to realize the fact that there is something special about being different, about not conforming to what the world is. We all talk about this all the time. We are in such a world that is so afraid that they're going to miss out on something. FOMO, the fear of missing out. I started thinking about this the other day. I can remember when we started back high school, and we didn't go, like, throughout the summer, you didn't see a lot of your friends. I asked Barrett, I said, did you see anybody, like, for the first time this, this year? And you're like, whoa. He's like, no. Every year we'd go to school, and you would think there were new students there, and it's just the fact that people had changed throughout the summer. We didn't have cell phones, so we weren't in constant contact with everyone. And when you would come back to school, there were differences that were noticeable. Uh, there were people that would walk in, and when they left school, they were this tall. When they came back, they were this tall. 
Big Kev was always big, but then one summer he shot up about seven inches. He was like, what's up, Big Kev? Six, seven. Big Kev, it's real. Six, seven, 350. Big Kev's real. Um, there was this girl, I was telling Jessica about this. There was this girl named Jennifer. And Jennifer and I have been friends since first grade. We were in the same homeroom throughout first grade. One of the things that made us friends, it probably didn't make us friends, but it gave us something we had in common. Her father and my father were in the Air Force together in the Korean War. And so we had always decided, yeah, we're friends because our dads were friends in Korea. Had nothing to do with it. We were just in the same class. And between my junior and senior year, Jennifer changed. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. You walked through the school the other day, and some girl walked through, and you're like, Who's that? Huh. Probably didn't do it out loud, but something in your brain did that. And then you realize, oh, I know her. Jennifer came walking in the auditorium. We had to go in and do some kind of registration stuff, and she came walking in the auditorium, and every guy was like, oh, because she had this really dyed blonde hair. They had just invented this thing called a tanning bed, and she had one. So she came in, she was like, hey, mud. She was dark Jamaican brown, man, just in that white hair. And she walked in, and she was strutting, boy. And I was like, which is loosely translated, who in the world is that? And so all the guys are standing there. Every guy's sucking in their gut, blowing out their chest. You know what you do. <laughs> Trying to look all swole monkey. And she walks past every guy and walks straight to me and goes, well, hi, Kini. And I was like, which is, it can't be you, Jennifer. That must be someone else. I couldn't believe it. There was a change. She was different, and she embraced it, man. Every guy in the school followed her around, and she had them carrying her books and buying her lunch, and she'd come sit by me because we'd just been friends our whole life. Those changes are not necessarily a bad thing. And when God gets a hold of your heart, there's a change that has to take place because if, if there's no change in your life, I just... I have, to, I have to wonder, how close are you trying to follow to God? There's something about following Christ that makes your desires different, that makes your concerns about yourself different. It makes you different from what the world sees. And the world doesn't understand it. When the world looks at you, they see this. Does that make sense to anyone? Yes, you could probably figure out what it says, but does it really make sense if you just look at it? It's a bunch of mixed up letters. It just doesn't make sense. And that's what the world sees. But the thing is, is as a Christian, when we look at it, we understand there's something different about who I am because of what Christ is in me. It's something that the world would see as being a rebel. And throughout God's word, we see so many examples of a rebel. I wonder if this would work. Sorry, you can put that back later. There's so many examples in God's word of the different people that are rebels. And they're not rebels because they're trying to do something bad. They're just doing something different. It's actually one of these things. It's like it turns their world upside down. It just it messes with their mind because they can't understand. When my father was sick, and I share this all the time, but when my father was sick and we knew that we were losing him, people would come and go, how are you doing, Kenny? And I go, I'm okay. He go, well, how's your dad doing? I said, well, he's not doing well. And I said, well, you, you seem to be handling it okay. I said, yeah. And I would try to be Brother Kenny to him. I'd be like, well, you know, part of life is death. For the moment you were born, you started dying. <laughs> it's not really comforting at all. But that's just kind of the way my mind works. And finally, they would look at me and go, how is your family holding up? I said, we're good. I said, how can you be good? 
It's because we know what's going on with dad. He's getting ready to go see mom and spend eternity with, with God. They, it just doesn't make sense to folks. When tragedy comes our way, the fact that we can cope with it, knowing that there is a hope that is found in Jesus Christ, it's upside down in their world. They just they can't wrap their mind around it. It means that there's something different. But for some of us, we're afraid to be a rebel because we're so afraid that we won't be accepted in our rebellion. I get, I, I, I find myself humored by a lot of things. There's a lot of things that just make me laugh. One of the things that I love is people that set out to be different so they will be recognized as being different and then you realize that they're just being like someone else that they had seen being different. I've shared the story about Bobby. Bobby decided to get his tongue pierced and he comes into Crossroads and goes, what's up, kid? <laughs> Bobby, did you just have a stroke? No? What? You're talking kind of strange. What are you talking about? Hey, <laughs> what's wrong? Did you go to the dentist today? No. What did you do? I got my tongue pissed. I said, what? He got stuck his tongue out. And he had his like stick in his tongue. And I was like, you got your tongue pierced? He said, yeah. And it was one of those, yeah, like, yeah, what you got to say about it, man? And I was, bruh. And I wasn't, I mean, he was a kid. And I was just like, cool. I said, why? He said, because nobody else is doing it. I said, excuse me, write it down, teletype it to me or something. He said, no one else is doing it. I said, nobody else is doing it. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, how long are you going to talk? I don't know. And I said, oh, boy, what are your parents think? They don't know yet. And I was like, ah, Bobby, what are you thinking? He's like, man, this is cool. I said, it's cool to sound like your tongue is like a stick. And that's cool. He said, yeah. I said, why did you do it? Because nobody else is doing it. And I said, all right, so nobody else is doing it. Where'd you get the idea? I saw this guy. Oh. I thought you said nobody else was doing it. Well, you know my friends. <laughs> you're not going to have any friends now. It was so good. Nobody understands you, so you're not going to have friends anymore. That's the thing. We all want to be different, but at the same time, we want to be accepted. So we will find ourselves making sure that we don't rebel against what the world says is normal. We find ourselves in the, in the loosest sense of the term, becoming sheeple. And that's a term for the past decade has been growing in popularity. Usually it's referred around political uh, parties or political ideals or something like that. But it's strictly sheep people. You understand, we talked about sheep earlier. Sheep don't really have a good brain. They've got to have someone that leads them. Uh, they've got to have their head in oil with oil, their master skulls in. So we talked about all that. But a sheep is one, considered to be one of the dumbest animals, just a little bit higher than I am. And as sheep are following their shepherd, they don't know what to do without someone leading them. And the world is calling people that follow a different ideal from what they believe sheeple. And we find ourselves falling into that same category because we want to make sure we're going with the flow. When God has called us to get out of the water and walk a different path. Probably one of my favorite things that I've ever seen in my whole entire life is from a TV show called Friends. And Phoebe decides she's going to start exercising. And she starts running. Jessica, would you come demonstrate? It's the way my wife runs. But Phoebe, if you've never seen Phoebe run, it is her arms and legs are flailing and everyone else is not wanting to be around her because she looks like she is a freak. And she's having the best time. And she's just arms and legs are getting it. And it is so funny. And they said, why do you run like that? She said, because it's fun. And all of a sudden, the other ones start trying to do it. I think it was Rachel tried to do it. And I don't know who else tried to do it. But they all start kind of running silly. 
But then they find out, you know what? Just because I'm not doing it like everyone else does, it doesn't mean it's weird if I'm good with it. The question is, are you good with God? Has there ever been a time where you've said, God, I surrender myself to you, and you're willing to push away from what the world says? Are you too concerned that you're going to lose your place in the status, that you're going to lose some friendships or some relationships? Because I can promise you that when you are willing to rebel against what the world says is normal, people are going to look at you differently. And I would love to tell you that once you get out of high school, that changes. It does not. I'm a 48-year-old man, and I still get strange looks when I hear, hey, you want a beer? No, I don't drink. Really? Well, why? I just don't drink. Or you think you're too good to drink? And I can't stand when folks want to push stuff. I'm like, no, I don't think I'm too good to drink. I just don't want to drink. So why? What's wrong? Why don't you drink? Because I don't drink. I don't drink. Well, why not? And finally I go, I'm a minister. Oh, so you're too good to drink. No, I just, I don't have many brain cells left. I'm trying to keep them all. So you say I'm stupid? No, you did. So anyway, it just gets under my skin when folks want to push about, well, what you drink, what you drink? Because I don't. I don't care anything about it. And I get the strangest looks. One of my favorite things is to meet people that I hadn't seen out of school in a thousand years. So what do you do now, Kenny? I'm a, I'm a youth pastor. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, I surrendered my life to Christ years ago, and I've been working with teenagers 20-something years, close to 25 years now. Really? So what do you do? Ah, well, and they'll tell me what their job is. Man, that's awesome. And as I'm walking away, they're just looking at you so puzzled because what they're seeing, it just don't make sense. It just don't make sense. When you fall in love with God, you get a clearer vision of what God is doing. And it causes you to become a rebel to what the world society says. The question is, is are you willing to rebel against what the world says? Or are you going to continue to follow? It's a couple of quick verses and we're going to cut you loose. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One of the biggest problems that we have in this world is we find ourselves searching for the next cool thing, searching for the next big thing. Everything changes throughout our life. The styles that we wear change. It's so funny because I'm watching clothes come back in fashion that were in fashion when I was in high school. Uh, we see hairstyles that are coming back. There's some that probably will never come back. The mullet, that probably will never happen again, we pray. Um, I mean, Tao's going to rock one next season, so we're excited about that, but... There are some things that never come back, but there's a lot of things that come back into style. A lot of the games that are being played now are things that we did when we were in school. I, I, who was it that day? Somebody asked, Isaac, was you telling me about the Moose song? So Isaac comes up and said, man, we were at this thing, and there's this girl singing a song about a moose. And Jessica, it was the Moose song. It was a great big. And I'm like, 20 years ago, we sang that at Crossroads, and that's come back around. You know? Things come back around, but there's one thing that never changes, and that's Jesus. Sure, we're caught up in the world when the only thing that is a constant in our life that will never change is Jesus Christ. And a lot of it is because we're afraid that it's going to take us away from what our relationships are. And Jesus warns us. He says that in this world you will have trouble. One of those troubles that you will have, he says, you will be hated, but I was hated first. It's not anything new. It's not going to be a hate where people want to kill you, hopefully. But it might be a hate where people don't want to be around you. Is it that important to make sure we're viewed in society's eyes as something special 
Or is it more important for us to be truly surrendered to who God is? For some of you right now, you've already made up your mind. You're like, man, I love God, but I'm not going to give up what I am. You're missing out. This month, we're going to be looking at different people in the Bible that were rebels. And what it truly meant for them to go away from what the world was saying to become what God had called them to be. Next week, there will be shirts here that have that on it. there for you. And it's just one of those reminders that we need to be a rebel. To those of you that are going off to college, I got you. <laughs> Give me an address, and I'm going to give it. I'll, I'll send you one. Everybody else, y'all got to buy them. $7,000, but they're really good shirts. Really good shirts. It's 10 bucks, so, and we're not making money. Uh, this is just a reminder. It's a conversation starter. Hey, they screwed your shirt up. Oh, yeah, God screwed your face up. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's not being godly. Don't do that. My youth pastor said, you're stupid. Loser. Yeah. What if this year you decided to rebel against what the world says? What if this year you started taking captive of your own thoughts instead of being formed by what the world says, you transformed your hearts by the renewing of your mind through the gospel of Jesus Christ? What if this year you truly set out and you did what you have said before that God, this year is going to be different? What if it was truly different? And this year you allowed God to do something crazy in you. My prayer is that through this study, you'll understand better about what it means to be a rebel and you will be gathering people to come and be a part of your rebellion. And in that rebellion, you're following the only thing that doesn't change. That's Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for tonight.